0: to another episode of the occasion podcast i'm your host chris fields and y'all it's been a minute since i have recorded an episode i have had so much going on lots of good things um since my last episode my husband and i celebrated our ninth wedding anniversary and we had a really good time we took our kids to my parents house and we came back and did a little staycation um, it was mostly low-key we Just kind of hung out, explored different areas, went out to eat, played tennis. Uh, One of my favorite things. So this you can put in your back pocket as a date night idea. So um, I actually got this this idea from an episode of The Bachelor. Don't judge me. But on one episode, this guy took a woman to make a perfume or make a fragrance together so they were in london and they went to a place and combined ideas and tested a lot of different fragrances to create one unisex fragrance that they could both wear and i thought that was such a cute idea i had never heard of it and i was like i'm gonna put this in my back pocket and i want to go do this and so my anniversary presented a good opportunity for us to do that. And I researched and found a place in Atlanta where we could do that. So that was a really fun, um, dope experience. And another thing we did that was really cool was a cooking class um, locally as well. The food was all right. It wasn't, it wasn't all that. But um, the experience was great. The teacher was great. The other people who were in the class with us was was great and i know you're probably wondering like what did y'all cook why didn't the food turn out good so we made braised beef short ribs over a flat over flat noodles and i appreciated the experience of making pasta from scratch i've never done that i didn't know how easy it was to make pasta It's super easy it's literally just flour and eggs and a little bit of water. That's all you need to make pasta. You're welcome. Um, and like a $40 machine that cuts the noodles. So that was fun. But the braised short ribs, I'm going to tell you what we went wrong. We used the Instapot. And I'm sorry if I'm doing a cooking class. I get it. Short ribs, they need to be tender. It takes a minute. But the moment I found out we were using the Instapot, I knew. I knew. I knew that it wasn't it wasn't gonna be right and it wasn't right but it was fun so it's all good um yeah so that was a fun time and outside of that we are in the final countdowns to the fall so kids are getting ready to go back to school my husband and I homeschool our three kids and so prior to this they've been my twins um were doing kindergarten and my four-year-old was doing pre-k four. And this year they're moving into like the real, the real educational year. So I think I'm feeling the pressure to, you know, make sure that I'm organized and I have it together as much as I possibly can. Um, Ultimately, I think homeschool is really just a grace from God. Like you need his help um, to implement it and to plan for it and all of that. So we were creating our own curriculums up until now, but this year, I really wanted to have a curriculum that was set and ready, so I don't have to figure out every single element. Um, And so I think I'm pretty sure that we have settled on a curriculum for the fall. And at this point, we're just trying to get organized and ready for that. So I'm really excited um, about all of that. And here we are. I'm glad to be back with you and I appreciate you being patient with me, and I was—I've been so encouraged by the amount of people who've asked me, like, "Hey, girl, what's up?" I haven't seen a, another episode drop. I'm like, "What? Y'all, y'all waiting on these notifications?" That made me really happy. So, thank you all for listening. And um, even though I haven't been recording, I really take this seriously. Like, you all are in my heart. I'm always thinking and praying for the people who listen, because um, I really want. God to encourage people through this podcast, like that's my that's my hope. I want people to feel um, to know how much you all, we all, are loved and valued. That we were created with purpose and value by a holy, purposeful, amazing God who has our best interests in heart. And so, I'm so glad that you're here and where I've been spiritually, I've been—I I would say that I am in a growth season right now, and you know, I've spent my share of time in kind of a complacent season. Um, and I really believe that if you're not growing, you are going backwards. And so I've spent—I spent plenty of time there, but I'm grateful that right now I'm in a growth season and. You all know growth is not always fun. I would say it's not usually fun. It's usually painful and hard. And that's kind of where I am. So the place where I feel like God is growing me um, is that he's been showing me that I have some some places in my identity that really need to be built up um, in order for me to live life in the way that he desires for me to. So specifically, he's been showing me that I have some places where I feel insignificant. And I'm grateful I've been going to Christian therapy for about a year and a half. And y'all, I, I'm just gonna be an advocate for therapy real quick. So I probably have for most of my adult life been the person who's like, mm, I mean, I get that therapy is trending, but I think the problem was when I considered therapy, I didn't feel like the people who I saw going to therapy, it didn't seem to me, and again, not saying that they weren't, but to me, it didn't seem like they were getting healthy, healthier. It felt like they were... Um kind of looking for people or places to put blame. This was my assumption. This is what it seemed like to me. It didn't seem like they were becoming healthier, more joyful, more at peace people. And so I was kind of skeptical of therapy. I would have said that everyone needs deep community and a place where they can feel safe and grow and um, kind of be vulnerable, like expose yourself, intimacy, People need intimate relationships. I definitely would have said that, um, but I wouldn't have thought that that was, you know, a place. I wouldn't have thought that therapy was the only place to get that um, unless you had, like, some significant, more significant trauma to work through. Um, but when I went, I said, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And I went, like, three times, and I was actually ready to quit And when I went in, I felt like the Lord was like, you know what, I put you here for a reason. And I want you to let the light shine on areas where you need to grow. And when you when when you see those places in the light, bring those things to me. So my therapist has a prayer room in her office and. Usually I do my session and then I go in the prayer room and I just invite God into whatever it is that we discussed and it's been so good. Um it's been really amazing and so I along with you know my therapist were just discussing how there are places where I feel this insignificance and you know I think that God wants to enter into that and so he's like, okay, let me help you to build up your identity in this place. And so everything that I listen to, I have podcasts that I listen to um, every day. I have one podcast that I listen to every morning. It's about 10 minutes. And this podcast had been walking through Genesis. And I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And then you all may not know who Tim Keller is, but he's a a pastor, a church planter, and he recently passed away. Um, his his messages, just who he is and what he's done has been deeply impactful to me, and I've learned a lot from him. And so when he passed away, I decided to check out more of his messages. Just, I guess a part of me felt like by taking a closer look to what he was saying, um, I was honoring his life. And so I have been listening to him and just recently he's been going through a sentence on Genesis, right? And then I do for my morning devotion, I use an app called WordGo and I was doing a study on Genesis and basically everything came back to Genesis, right? And Genesis, as you all know, is the creation story, like how God created the world, how God created humanity, and kind of how sin entered the world um, and what that means for us. And so I've been a Christian a long time. I've been going going to church a long time. So Genesis is not new to me, but I have been getting so much out of just spending time in just the first three chapters of Genesis. Like literally, I feel like it has been every day I'm like blown away by what I'm reading. So that's what I want to talk about today. Is just um, identity and really how God is meeting me in my desire to um, feel significant in Him and make sure my identity is secure in Him, instead of trying to put my hope and identity in other things to make me valuable or to make me significant or to make my life matter. And honestly. It feels a little bit embarrassing to, you know, feel like you are putting your hope in something else to be valuable. But, I mean, it happens all the time. It really does. So, I'm a a part of a sorority, and I've been very intentional, um, really, since graduating from from college. Like, I'm not – I'll tell people that I'm a part of a sorority, but I'm not, like, super – Y'all know the people who like, are like super, super, super vocal, active, like always wearing apparel and all that, like in their fraternity or sorority, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But then I'm sure you've also met people who it feels like they put all of their, their value as a person comes from their association with the organization. So it could be that, but you also see it in people putting their hope in money and the things that money can afford them, or people putting their, their, their value comes from their beauty or um, their attractiveness. There's so many things. The, the work that people do, oftentimes people feel like, man, I'm nothing without this. They would never say that aloud, but you can basically look at their life and tell that that's how they feel. And so in, you know, some cases with organizations and stuff like that, like I've been very careful to make sure that I'm not basing my value and my worth on my association with um, some organization. But I'm grateful that God has shown me that even though I may not be doing it over there, there are some places where I do feel this insignificance and I am looking to get that significance in ways that are different than how God wants me to get that which is the fact that he created me like I'm an image bearer of God so that that alone gives us all the significance that we need but it's easy to be deceived so in Genesis oh Genesis is so good oh it's so good okay so I probably could talk about so many different things just in this scripture, but I just want to read from Genesis chapter three and just talk about a few things. I'll probably make a, another part or six (laughs) to this, but for now, um, I just want to read this. And just as a, just FYI, I don't I don't like plan out my episodes completely. Um, I kind of think through what I want to talk about. Oftentimes I will kind of brainstorm with my husband, um, but usually I don't write anything down and I don't do retakes because ain't nobody got time for that. Um, But I just pray and ask God to to lead the time to make it meaningful. And so if it's a little bit scattered, just forgive me and i'm sure as we continue i will be more succinct and get better but i'm allowing myself grace for the learning curve okay so genesis chapter 3 and i'm just going to read verses 6 through 13 real quick no 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 i'm going to i'm going to start at the beginning of chapter 3 now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the lord god had made he said to the woman Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the fruit of the tree in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat it or touch it or you will die. First of all, Eve, God did not say that. He didn't say anything about touching it. She tripping. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked. So they sewed Felix fig leaves together And made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then he asked, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man replied, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. So the Lord God asked the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So, who child? Mm -mm -mm. Okay, so I think there is so much in here. But I want to keep this short. If you have not read Genesis, let me just invite you. Start from the beginning. Start at chapter 1. It talks about the creation of, of the world, um, how God created the land and the sea and vegetation and the animals and Adam from the dust and then Eve from Adam. And now the man and the woman are in this beautiful garden. God gives them everything they need. He gives them food to sustain them he gives them work um which was good work to do that was purposeful he gave them an assignment to be fruitful and to multiply and to replenish the earth and he gave them his presence like he was with them they they walked with him in the cool of the day like imagine that you're in paradise you can just go and pick this fruit and eat it and have companionship and just enjoy, enjoy life with God in perfect unity. So we enter in at chapter three at the point at which Eve is entertaining this conversation with the serpent who's challenging God's word. And I think it's important to note that since the very beginning of time, Satan has been using the same lame, tired tactics to throw us off to uproot us from our identity, to keep us from living the life that God really wants us to live. Um, He asks her, did God really say? And I think you also see that in Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus is tempted by Satan in the wilderness, when he was drawn out into the wilderness to to pray and fast for 40 days and 40 nights, and Satan attacks him when he's weak. And he's asking him all these things. Now, the difference between Adam and Eve is that Jesus obviously had God's word stored up in his heart. And every time Satan hit him with a lie, he was like, boom, here is what God said. Here's what God's word says. Um, that's what God wants for us. But Eve, she didn't have that same rooting. She didn't have that same security in her identity, and she allowed Satan to deceive her and to draw her her heart away. So he asked her this question, you know, did God really say this? And, you know, she came up with an answer. As you see, uh, God did not say anything about not touching the fruit. So I think sometimes we can be intellectually dishonest uh, with ourselves in order to make whatever we want to do or say seem better. I think that's what she was doing. I can't be sure, but it seems like she was just being a little bit dishonest um, because she saw that she was being tempted. She was being tempted by that fruit and she wanted to be, she wanted something other than what God wanted her to have. And she also questioned God's character. If he was keeping something good from her. Um, So, you know she had this perception and then she had this conversation now her perception is different and when she takes another look at the fruit she's now in know a, a place of just lust like she she wants this fruit now and i think it's so important to keep a guard over our minds and the types of thoughts that we entertain and this is something that has also come up that i've learned through therapy and again. Clearly, I'm not like a psychologist or um, a counselor or anything like that. But I have learned some things from therapy that have been super, super helpful. And I would love to share those things. One of those things is being careful of the thoughts that you allow to live rent-free in your mind. Um, If there is a thought that is challenging something that God says is true... I think it's important to shut that thing down immediately. Like that movie, nope, nope. Mm-mm. Um, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like I think it's so important to to shut it down because they're gonna. Your brain is gonna constantly offer you thoughts, and it's your job to filter those thoughts through the truth of God's word. And I think that's where Eve failed. And so often, like I've been. I fail so many times like in the exact same way. Um, So I don't think it's unusual. I think it takes the spirit of God to help us to um, shut those things down. But I, I think the thing for this episode that I really want to zone in on is when this thought came to Eve about what she was missing out on, God's character if God was keeping something from her, what I what I wish Eve would have done was to call God. Like he was with her in the garden, right? So the Bible says that God walked with them in the cool of the day. So, I mean, his presence was very tangible, very real. He was with them. And instead of Eve going to her creator, her father, the one that gave her life, um, he gave all of us life, but he gave Eve life in a way that is beyond. like none of us will ever be able to imagine like what that's like. Like there are no other humans yet. God literally created you and he's with you in this beautiful garden of Eden, which I discover means bliss. So nothing that speaks to the life that God desires for us to have, not bliss, maybe in the way that we might think of bliss, like, oh, all the, the riches and all these things like no, but I think it does speak to God wanting us to have perfect peace and perfect love and to be free, to have freedom in him, um, to feel secure, to feel significant, to feel worthy, because of our connection to him and the fact that he created us in his image I do believe that that was his desire Um, and I think the name uh, of Eden meaning bliss really speaks to that but Eve should have instead of just kind of dwelling on this thought and allowing Satan to continue to talk to her so much so that her perspective changed and now she takes this fruit and sees it. And she's like, oh, this looks good for food. It's, it's, it looks nice to look at. And I bet it'll taste good too. Now she biting the apple and feeding it to her husband. Not apple. I know. I know. It, we don't know what kind of fruit it was. Um, It would have been nice if she would have gone to God and asked him because he was there. And it really made me think of how, you know, growing up when you're learning about relationships, you hear people say, like, if you have a question about when you're dealing with relationships and friendships and let's say you talk it over with someone, that person may say, well, look, if if you heard so-and-so was talking about you, why wouldn't you go to that person and ask them? You've gone to this person and this person and kind of ran with it instead of confronting the person who, you know, who you're questioning. I think that that would have been the best bet for Eve. And for us, that's the the implication for us is that when these thoughts come that tell us that, you know, something different than what God says in his word, our job is to take it to God, take it to God through his word. So if I'm feeling feelings, if I look at my actions and my actions are telling me that what's happening in my head and in my heart, that I'm feeling insignificant or I'm feeling unworthy or unlovable. I need to take those things to God and say, hey, God, this is how I'm feeling. Um, This thing happened and it left me feeling insignificant. Or this thing happened and I responded like this and it showed me that I'm really looking for significance in a place that's different than what i see here in your word what do you have to say about that man that's a game changer that's a game changer like taking that approach you will see will help you to move towards you know growth and that's why i i'm saying i'm in a season of growth because i feel like god is graciously allowing me to more quickly see the places where i am Falling prey, falling prey to um, a thought that's different than what he says in his word. So we have to take those thoughts captive and bring them to God's word and say, okay, well, you know, for instance, Eve, she could have said, yes, yes, God did say that I can't eat this fruit. Bye. So I think when Jesus came... That's the opportunity that he gives us. He gives us an opportunity to say, bye, this is what God says. So whatever you're saying, that's not true. And that takes us walking by faith. If we're looking at our circumstances, it's just easy to go with whatever your circumstance says. And I think oftentimes Satan is trying to tempt us through our circumstances Whereas God wants to use our circumstances to draw us closer to him. So if we're not connected to his word. if We're not in his word and we're not spending time actually rehearsing the truth of the gospel. Then we are going to fall victim over and over again in the same way that Eve does. And, you know, the beautiful thing is God is gracious. Like he he works over time to change us and to grow us and. He's faithful to do that. So even if you're in a season where you're, you see yourself falling victim a lot to these things, the gracious thing is every morning there are new mercies. So you are never too late to look for God's voice, to go to his word and see what he says and ask him to help you. That's it. All you have to do is ask him to help you, like invite him into what you're feeling in what you're experiencing and ask him to give you wisdom and get in his word. Look up scriptures that that talk about what you're dealing with and honestly, the same way that I was having this personal struggle with my identity and I don't I don't know that I was praying about it, but God literally brought what I needed, like all these messages from Genesis. He brought them to me. I don't think that's by coincidence that the people who I was listening to, um oh, also I, I failed to mention um last Sunday, right after this was like really, I was really convicted that this was something that I was working through. I was sitting in church listening to the message, and I wrote in my in my notebook, why do you feel insignificant? Literally, y'all gonna think I'm lying. Three minutes later. If that, my pastor says, you are not insignificant. And I was like, oh my goodness, he is talking to me. So even if you're not um, Googling and looking in your concordance to figure out where does it talk about this thing that I'm experiencing, I think if you pray and invite God into it, God will send you what you need. He leads us by spirit and I know that he wants to lead me and he wants to lead you to the perfect bliss that he initially had in mind when he put Adam and Eve in that garden. So my prayer is that we would seek his face um, through prayer, through time in his word, through conversations with trusted community, um, and that you would find the place of bliss that God desires for for you to reside Um that's my prayer so thanks for listening i will see you on the next episode